Welcome everyone back to the broadcast. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network, and we are coming to you at the halfway point of spring practice. <laughs> I'm joined today by Tracy Pearson. Tracy, how are you? I'm great, Dave. It's Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. It's not Sunday. You're no. listening to this on Friday. I'm not going to play games with you recording this on Thursday. This is, God, I hate it. That's a game right there because it's not Thursday. So you're just. What day is it? You just play with Honestly, I, I, I've reached the point of my kid's school year, um, spring practice, uh, everything where I don't know what day it is. Tracy, when I went out for the first time and I was recording the Twitter videos, um, do you know? I went out for a Thursday I practice. Saw, I saw. And you the first, it and it's not just I did it one time. The you first four tweets said yeah. Tuesday. It's it's called a little. It's a, it's a getting a little older. It's called having kids. Kind of just it. It takes a whole. It's like someone came in with a scalpel and cut out a part of your brain. Yeah. No. It, there there are parts of my brain that I just don't have anymore. They don't exist. Like I reach for it. It's like um, it's like one of those old hurlers, one of those old pitchers who was like a real fastball pitcher in their youth, and you reach for the ninety-five, and it's just not there anymore. You've only got eighty-eight. That's it. Were you ever really good at Jeopardy? Uh, yeah, I was. I was okay, really I was good. really good at Jeopardy because I had not necessarily really smart. I just did a lot of the stuff. Uh -huh. I traveled, geography. I did a lot of you know literature. Got it all down. I watch it now. I know every answer, but I can't retrieve it. Not quickly enough. Exactly. No, I, I, I've, I've run into that. So, yeah, we're aging. I go, you know that thing that that one uh -huh. book from that British guy. Yeah, that you know from yeah. Oh, like uh, there was the one. There was one question about like the universal language of Europe that was developed in like the 1980s, and I sat there, like blood was forming on my forehead to come out with Esperanto. Um, it was so hard, but. Here we are. We're still alive. That's the most important thing, Tracy and I. And we're still covering UCLA sports somehow. And it's a fun time to be doing it right now. I got to tell you. We got this spring is, practice going on. We got spring practice. We got basketball we got roster developments by the day. Basketball recruiting. I mean, uh, we got it all. This is fun. This is this is the most wonderful time of the year. I, I kind of... It's not. I kind but of... It's, it's, well, it's, no, it's but fine. it's right up there. It's not a completely dead time like... What's completely dead time? Like May. May, May is May. horrible. Oh, shit. I shouldn't say that. Tune in next month, guys. Enjoy well, May. That's, that's when you. you're going to find me developing all kinds of weird off-season content, like opponent primers four months in advance. Why do you need these? Who knows? Enjoy our content. Feast upon it. <laughs> it is really funny, which I know people always want to look behind the curtain. What, what stories do really well like one of the best stories recently was your clickbait <laughs> <laughs> me literally me literally being like what what can i write on friday that's like important right now oh let me just let me just talk trash about these other teams that are still playing basketball no um, no no wasn't it you talked trash about shashevsky oh yeah 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 the, the yeah the one where i knocked uh where i knocked uh coach k versus john wooden yeah that the, those one, were back like, to back off. though I was just yeah. like, "Hey, how do I how do I do some clickbaity crap right now? That's gonna that's gonna fill this point right where the final four is happening." That was Both fantastic. Days, that was fan. See, the thing about our clickbait is, it's just you. It's not like you read it and then you come away feeling really dissatisfied. You don't feel used. You feel, we, you feel, you feel completely fulfilled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you you look like you've you know you come away from it saying. 
Yes. Well, that's the magic formula, right? Satisfied. That's the magic formula, right? You write like a clickbaity title, and then you write something that's actually good. Um, And it's a clickbaity. It's a clickbaity subject matter, but it's got substance to it. That's 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 the magic formula. That's almost like uh, you know how writing is supposed to be. And y'all should really enjoy this because when, as we get older and older, there's going to be a lot of clickbaity title and then you're going to click on it. It's going to be a picture of Josh Rosen's dog swimming in his pool. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. Maybe video. Maybe, Maybe video, video if we get there. Um, yeah. Okay. So we've got a lot to discuss actually, as much as we have rambled nonsensically for about five minutes now. Um, that's Spring practice on. is in full swing. Um, it's eight practices in now. Uh, the next one is taking place this morning, Friday, which is tomorrow, but it's today for you. Um, and uh, so there's been I, – so, okay. I, I just wrote a 10 takeaways thing. My uh, – I want your perspective on this because I haven't um, – well, nobody's been watching much of spring practice for the last couple of years, but – you have more recent impressions of like talent level things from like practice viewing. What's your overall takeaway of, of, you know, based on what you've gleaned from practice as far as like comparing talent levels year to year? I'd have, um, so traditionally all spring practices are usually distressing. Let's just say that they're down, they're down talent and they're down bodies. I mean, and that's just not UCLA. That's usually, that's usually most programs. You look across, they go, wow, they've got five defensive backs for the whole scholarship defensive backs, right? I mean, that's what you do. They've got two running backs. That's what we always used to do during spring. And then somehow, you know, they got enough people to actually, you know, play the season. Last year was maybe because it was the first when all these uh, super senior guys actually decided to come back. But it was also a matter of a lot of guys just aging through the program. I I was, my overall impression of spring practice last year was this was a deep, talented team. I mean, look at quarterback. You had, you had Zach Charbonnet. That was our first glimpse of him with Britton Brown. You had uh, Greg Dulcich and Kyle Phillips. You had... Uh, NFL offensive lineman in Sean Ryan, probably Alec Anderson. You had Paul Gratton. I mean, the offense was kind of loaded. And then look over at defense. You had seniors on the defensive line. You had uh, Quentin Lake, who was, you know, a very good player and a veteran. It was, and every, and every position was deep. And now this is what I'm going to say, and this is what might be so distressing. That team, which was the most probably deep and overall, like there wasn't really, maybe Zach Charbonnet and DTR were the real standout talents, but no real clear cut, like first, second rounders, let's say. But the, there was enough spread out talent, right? That got, that got the program to eight and four. That's the distressing part. We are back now to... Uh, I wouldn't say if I'm grading spring practices in terms of talent and depth, and let's say the old spring practices where we used to go to were literally C's, average spring practice, of, and last year was a straight out A, I'd say this spring practice, and I think I'm being nice. No, let's just say it's a B. It's about a B because you still have 
some experienced talent out there. And you've got some transfers that have really, you know, boosted it a bit. But it's a B. It's not close to what it was last spring. That's my overall first impression, Dave. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably fair. I would say I think that's probably um, fair from a talent perspective. Uh, Having watched now quite a bit of spring, I think I am – um cautiously optimistic about the defense and so i don't know are you though really yeah i actually am and it's not and it's not because of the scheme it really isn't i because you really can't judge that in spring and also um i mean who the hell knows um but it's because of i mean and i know i was poo-pooing it so hard and so i feel like just an absolute horse's ass but what's new um the murphy twins are really good um like they look the part um they look really well developed um and um between those two and Carl Jones i feel like they're the staff having some changeover has actually led to some better evals like the one thing that we always talk about with when there's a head coach turnover or when there's a staff turnover is because nobody is anybody's guy there's maybe a truer evaluation that's actually done um, and the end result is you, you see, you know, Carl Jones prioritized who's a guy that we've all watched to make plays on the field the last two years, but get kind of a short shrift from a, a playing time standpoint. Um, he's getting a lot of reps in practice. The Murphy twins yeah. are getting a lot of reps in practice. And if you add those guys into what looks to be a, I mean, I, look, I, there's probably nuances to the whole thing. It looks like we're going back to four, three, four, two, five base defense. Um, when you have those kinds of ends in a in that sort of base defense, you're gonna get some disruption. Like it's gonna happen, um, and that makes me more optimistic almost across the board defensively, without even considering uh, Darius Muasau, who looks the part. Um, again, it's eight practices in. Who the hell knows? But he looks the part absolutely, and those can mitigate um, uh, what I think are going to be issues in the secondary, particularly at safety. Um, because you're getting so much, uh, I would say, looks to me like there's going to be an improvement in the front seven. Huh. Okay, so Wednesday's practice, I would say defensively, yeah, there was there were always some moments. And the, the offense wasn't having a great day. Like, there were some throws that were just flat out missing guys, drop balls. But then there were some plays where the whole field was just wide open, just wide open. And a lot of it, I think, was it was a day where they almost went exclusively to the nickel, to the four-two-five. And it looks like they need to really figure how, out how this works because this, we're saying it's a subtle difference, but it kind of really isn't. Um, I, I suspect they're going to play in that nickel a lot, like they did, I mean, if we call what that was last year. But they are—they have a Mike, a Will, and a Sam. Um, I think uh, one of the linebackers even called it that. Um, so the one Mike the is recruits, the middle. The recruits said that he's being oh, right. recruited at Sam. Right. So you've got you've got the Mike, which is the middle linebacker. You've got the Will, who now that's kind of like it was last year, who's really tight, like within the box. But you have a Sam, which is. The strong side linebacker who's on the strong side of the offense. And 
is playing like a traditional Sam. There's, there's not a defensive end who's dropping. I haven't seen a defensive end really drop into coverage yet. So that's, that's how this is working. Or you take out that Sam and you've got a nickel. A true nickel, too. It's, a not, true it's nickel. not some linebacker playing nickel or whatever. It's the it's defensive back. Right. It is. And uh, if you're doing any position change, it's a, it's a, you know, it's, I, they moved, you know, uh, Kenny Churchwell. He played a little bit of will. If I, I mean, I'm still trying to read this defense, but that's the way it looked like to me. Not, not just. So there um, was some stuff where they were doing like some pseudo dime and I, 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 that might be what they're doing. Um, but you, I don't know if you can call it a dime because he's tight. He's right in with like a will linebacker, right? And he was working. He in individual drills, he was working with the linebackers. So I mean, a lot of times they let a player go over and do some position drills just because he's gonna, you know, now Kenny Churchwell is gonna be playing up in the box, so he better learn how you know shed blocks and stuff. But this is this is a traditional this is a traditional defense. And I, they're gonna. It's gonna take a while. If if Wednesday is an indication, they got a lot of learning to do about how this thing is going to work. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, run defense is going to be a problem. Um, I think, um, especially in that nickel, um, because as good as Musial looks to be, um, they are losing a lot of experience at defensive tackle. Um, I think we, I think we agree that Jay Toia is good. Um, Martin Andrews, I think it's a it's a really nice story, um, and he was able to make an impact at the end of last year. But you know, we'll see how he looks throughout the course of a full season. Um, I think that other defensive tackle spot is sort of up in the air. I mean, hopefully Jacob Sykes is you know ready to come in and play this summer. But if not, Isabor hasn't really flashed to me. Um, there was a time when he looked like he might be you know able to do some of those Osa Digazua things a couple years ago, but he hasn't. I haven't really seen him do much of anything out there, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, he's done a few things, but he's been. It's not like he's stepped up. He's pretty much what he was. Yeah, he's the like, same guy, which yeah. is like a quality rotational piece, but not because I mean, we remember four threes from like the Durrell era. When you get that guy who's a real playmaker at that three tech, I mean, they can do some damage in that kind of defense. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of waiting to see if there's somebody who emerges in that role. Um, and yeah, I think the the concern would be run defense, but I think from a from a pass defense standpoint, um, that the, the pass rush ability of this defensive line is going to be, I think, significantly greater than it's been out of the base, out of no 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 needing to blitz. Um, they're going to get some rush um, this year, and I, I feel confident saying that for basically the first time since. Uh, Takaris McKinley was out there. Um, just the the number of different guys who um, have shown some, you know, plus ability to get into the backfield. See, so if I were going to count counter UCLA's uh, defensive line, it's always it's always like who uh, when you had Osa Digazua, he demanded double team. Right, mm-hmm. um, especially uh, on on rushing downs, they they would almost always put two guys on him. Last year, there were times when uh, a number of guys would eat up two guys. Um, why am I spacing on his name? See, can't can't retrieve it. Who was the nose tackle last year, Dave? Fast, 
The Fast. nose tackle last oh, year. Oh, Ogbonia. God yeah. damn it, Tito Ogbonia. He would eat up double teams too. I don't see anyone on the interior necessarily demanding a double team. So what I would do, you see that number 11 and number 12? We're going to put two guys on, on them. That's why it, it's going to be key that both of them, I think, are in the game at the same time. And maybe on. that's why they're putting them on the same side too. So I don't know. I don't have as much confidence about... Yeah, they'll probably be better, but there's ways there's ways to to you know adapt to that. And and I think the defense has been has been pretty good uh, against the run on the edge, but I've seen I've seen some pretty big holes uh, between the tackles, and I don't think I'm not attributing it necessarily to outstanding blocking on the offensive line. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But it's also, as we all know, it's so hard to take anything from spring because there's so many elements. I, I mean, they're installing some new players. They both know each other, what the other one's doing. Uh, they're mixing and matching. It's just, uh, we've tried to draw conclusions a lot from spring in the past, and then later we've been laughed at. Correct. Um yeah, and I would say um, the the other thing to keep in mind because I'm you know I'm being positive Polly here and Tracy is taking the role of negative Nancy. Yeah, um, this is fun. It is uh, the other the flip side of my oh well these pass rushers are really good is that um, guys there is a concern at offensive tackle. Um, it's not good right now. Yeah, it's it's and I'm not meaning to denigrate those fellas. Um, they're doing their best. That not looking too good. Uh, I think Garrett DiGiorgio is going to have a good career he, down the but, line but, at right tackle. Yeah, he needs to be playing right tackle in a big way. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, he's not a left tackle. He doesn't have the feet for it, um, and he is getting speed rushed to death. Um, but also, so this is the thing: if he's going to be your right tackle, and you really have confidence that Raekwon O'Neal is going to be your left tackle, you should just be practicing with right tackle. Right shouldn't now. he though? That's a whole different. I mean, while you think it isn't, it's a completely different thing. You're different. Different balance, different footwork. It's different. Yeah, um, yeah. It's 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 a concern right now because uh, they don't they don't really. There's not a true left tackle among the bunch. Um, I'm not even sure about Bruno Fina. He might be more of a right tackle too. Um, it's hard to know because he just doesn't really know what he's doing yet. Um, but uh, they need uh, the thing is it was Raquan O'Neal. I mean, we're talking about a guy who was like pretty good at Rutgers, right? But yes. he's not he's not Alec Anderson or Sean Ryan. I'd say no. So that's I, I, it's a concern. I think they need like it's not just that they need another tackle. They need another impact tackle. And what's so strange is we've kind of been banging that drum and they had one. Andre Harris was I'd have to say that he was he was signed not signed. He was he was ready to commit, absolutely, and UCLA really didn't take his commitment. Yeah, I just don't. Uh, it, it would, it would, it would be really tough to watch them. Um, this might be putting it a little harshly, but really tough to watch them squander fifth year DTR, um, oh extra year Zach Charbonnet because they didn't. They decided to refuse a, a starting left tackle. I mean, and and let's we're remembering this in 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 like as you do sometimes you remember the good 
The offensive line was good. It was last good. Year. It was the best but it's it, been probably since I don't know. But it wasn't up. it wasn't spectacular and there was some vulnerability against the pass rush. I mean, our DTR sometimes had had to improvise. I mean, it wasn't like he had an incredible amount of time. No, it was, it was good. It was usually coming from up the middle. It's it's going to be a new type of thing he has to avoid, which is a lot of edge rush if the tackle situation remains the same. So, uh, I uh, I I didn't think that this was that hard to anticipate, really. And we have been saying for months they need two offensive tackles. I mean, that wish list that I wrote in December had two offensive tackles. And then you wrote one, two offensive tackles. Then they had two offensive tackles. They didn't take one. And and we didn't know that Patrick Cole and, I mean, Thomas Cole and Patrick Selnett were not going to be available either. Yeah. Not that they would have necessarily done it, but at least that's their bodies in depth. Yeah. So, I mean, there are nine scholarship Offensive lineman and eleven total. Yeah, that's those are those are those are critical numbers. Um, I it's just and I, it would I be think, one thing yeah. if the if the top five guys were the top five guys and were good, but that's the thing is that they're they're dipping into the depth to get to the first string essentially. Um, yeah, and when you lose three starters, you've got to replace three starters, and they were able to do one. You know, I think we're all pretty confident in Moffy's ability to step in since he's been playing a lot the last couple of years. Um, but the tackle stuff where you're just trying to promote from within uh, and then get Raekwon O'Neal in the summer, that's 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 proven to be an issue. Um, so that's probably my main concern offensively. Um, I feel pretty good about quarterback, feel pretty good about running back, obviously. Um, receiver, I think you're getting enough in Jake Bobo. And, oh, let's let's talk about this. Let's, let's talk about something really positive. Okay. Tight end, baby. Yeah, yeah. Chip Kelly, yeah, man, yeah. you can just you can just churn out those dudes because Mike Aziki suddenly looks like an NFL player. Um, like it's just, oh, okay. Is there some kind of like magic potion they all drink before they're going to be the starter? Where it's like, but, but okay, this is you're the gonna kind be of the magic guy, that you're gonna be the guy thought. who catches all the balls now. This is the kind of magic we thought Chip Kelly would bring to the program. This kind of stuff where he sprinkled you know magic dust on all these different places and it just happened to have been tight end the funniest part too michael ziki is a big dude he practically looks small compared to carson ryan the freshman who's 6'4 240 looks he looks small compared to when you line up all these guys and i gotta tell you my one of my favorite guys if i had a list if i we had to come up with a list of our favorite guys this spring hudson habermel oh yeah is easy top five for, for me, dude, um, here's how he looks here's very how good playable. this group looks. I just realized I forgot to mention Carson Ryan in the tight end section of my 10 takeaways, and oh he's been like God, second dude. string guy for much of the spring. You know, just add it. No one will. I'm doing it right now. No, yeah. And then when they say you didn't, I mean, you're, yeah, I mean, you just didn't read you it. You just didn't read it. And it's the, reading you, you obviously you listened to the podcast, but didn't read it. Um, but yeah, okay, that, so Ezekiel, like, I'm, I'm sitting here like it. it I, I, maybe this is just me being, you know, gaga-eyed, but I'm like, is that Mercedes Lewis down there? Who's that? Um, he just the way he was running, he was running away from dudes. And do you remember how he used to run, like as a freshman, where it was like he looked almost like he was running on his heels, and it was just like not a natural gait. He mm-hmm. looks so smooth out there. He's like a gazelle. Yeah. 
But then there's guys, there's David Preeby. Yep. David Preeby had a big day on Wednesday. Uh, he's had a good spring. He's going to play. I mean, dang, you got you got some guys here. And, and actually, uh, Peterson might be better than Carson Ryan, the true freshman coming in. So... Can you build an entire offense out of tight ends? That's the real question. Why? Why the heck not? It's like that old that old saw about. Well, why wouldn't you just make the whole plane out of the black box? <laughs> make the whole offense out of tight end. Yeah. So that will be a positive. Jake Bobo is going to be a guy. I, I'd be stunned if he didn't get sixty catches next year. Um, Fifty minimum. And um, and Casimir Allen looks great. And Cam Brown looks. I mean, they all look good. I'm not. They just have uh, to know, be. They just have to be able to get the ball from a quarterback who is able to be pass protected. Yeah, that's going to be critical. Um, yeah, but they, there's a, there's a lot of weapons to to like there offensively, and then yeah, I mean, I I would still say I'm probably cautiously optimistic about the defense because again, Tracy, my cautious optimism is based on the reality that they were horrible the last two to three years, so they could be decent. They could be. They could be bad and that would still be an improvement this is off season dave yeah i'm getting off you're getting off season dave it's i I like off season dave there's kind of a nice positive like you know australian accents always ends on an upward kind of yeah no this is that's who you are right now you're all i think they're gonna be good i think think it's gonna be yeah i think the defense has a chance yeah that's that's how you are right now kind of you are you are negative Negative I'm going down. My in, voice is going down. I'm going. I'm going. They might not be that good. Yeah, you're. I'm going down. Yeah, but, you're. You know, you're being. Uh, you're being a dour Brit right now. What if we ever were on? You know, optimistic at the same time. The world would probably. It's like UCLA spin, having spin a good offense axis. and a good defense at the same time. Can't happen. <laughs> Can't happen. Can't have that. Um, we got basketball to talk about. You ready for that? Oh. Did you want to still do some more football? Uh, you wanted to. It's okay. No, Go not ahead. really. No. I guess. Um, I, Go ahead. No, no, no. Spit it out. I'm just saying it'd be nice. To, it'd be, uh, maybe run through a few things of what we want to see. We, we've gone through eight, right? We've got seven more. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see functioning offensive tackles, Tracy, but that's not going to happen until next year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, by um, that I mean August. Um. Uh. I'd really like to see a running back. One of the backups, please emerge as like a guy. Yes, and Dacian Dacian Morrell runs tackle to tackle pretty well. He's not. He's tough. He's really low to the ground. His run pad away levels, from a guy though. He won't run away from anyone. Yeah. I mean, did you see when they someone released? I think it was Justin Martin. He tweeted out or or Instagrammed out the top speeds. If you're if you're a five eleven running back. You should be in the top 10. Yeah. You absolutely have to be in the top 10 of the highest speed achieved. Anyway, okay. Yeah, okay, let's move on. Let's move on to basketball. So basketball. Um, so two pieces of roster news that have developed um, over the last couple of weeks is Jake Kyman, obviously, uh, deciding to transfer out, and he's going to Wyoming. Cheers to Jake. Yes. Hope he does well there. <laughs> uh, then Peyton Watson, uh, yesterday, day before? Day before, day before. Uh, he declared, and by yesterday, I do mean two days ago, and by the day before, Tuesday. I do mean three days ago. 
Tuesday, Tuesday, which might be Thursday to you, Dave. Oh, who knows? Oh. Uh, Peyton Watson. That was really good. Yes, because yeah, I've good never, callback. I've never tweeted out the wrong day before. I did it four times in a row. <laughs> I've done that before, so don't even think bad. Don't. Peyton, Just do it again. Do it next week. I will. Peyton yeah. Watson. He uh, declared for the NBA draft um, and declared that he's signing an agent, which in technical terms may mean that he has a chance to return. But if you're tweeting out that you're signing an agent, it means that you're leaving. No, well, there's two types of agents. There's the NBA, there's the uh, yeah. the NCAA approved agents where you can come back. And then there's the other type of agents. And to my, from what I, the way they said, the way the indication was that he's not coming back, that he signed with an agency. So to me, that's he's not coming back. He signed with a non a non NCA certified agent. I don't know this, but pretty confident about that. So happy trails to Peyton. We hope he does well as well. Um, that leaves UCLA still one over um, heading into um, the next few weeks of the off season. We're probably going to hear a lot more in the next couple of weeks as far as decisions, decisions, decisions. Um, but there's still a few guys who are up in the air. A lot of guys. A lot of guys. Um, I mean, in, in theory, no one is certain. Um, but in practicality, um, we're looking at, in some order, uh, we're waiting on decisions from Cody Riley, uh, Miles Johnson, Johnny Juzang, Jules Bernard, Jaime Hawkins, I guess. Uh, and because there's been speculation about it, David Singleton, I would say everyone else, there hasn't been any informed speculation about any anyone else leaving. Um, but those, those six, I think I named, um, are in, you know, are in some degree of uncertainty still. Uh, I'd say there's a slight chance the odds are still, he comes back, but there's a, there's a better, but slight, still slight chance that Tiger Campbell leaves. I don't like that. I don't like to hear it. And I'm going to pretend Sorry. I didn't. Sorry. I'm going to pretend I didn't. And I advise everyone else to do the same. Um, I still think the most likely, departees are are cody riley uh i will now put miles johnson on that list and i would say um johnny juzang uh so let's just go with that let's just go with that for for right now (laughs) jules bernard probably also too i i mean honestly we're i've got some information but i'm guessing and a lot of the sources they're guessing too no one, no one really, really knows. Like a lot of people who you would think would know, I can tell you, they don't know right right now. Um, so there's a lot to play out, but I still am very confident this is going to be a loaded team. I will take, let's say Cody Riley and Miles Johnson both leave. I will take a Dembona and Mac Etienne and even Nwuba is the third post. I'm fine going to battle with that. Yeah, I think so. I think my preferred situation is the one where they lose um, Cody Riley. Cody Riley. Cody Riley. Yes, I love Cody, but it's, love Cody. You know, he wants to move on. Come on, go move on with your life. Um, time to move on. Um, and then one of, and my preference would be Johnny Juzang over Johnny Jules Juzang. Bernard. Um, yeah. Me too. And then lose two of those guys because the thing is, minutes have to open up um, because right now, I think we've seen enough of um, our man Mick that he is a loyal guy who is going to play guys who return. Um, 
uh, minutes. They're going to get some minutes. And the thing is, by next year, I would I would have argued it this past year, but definitely by next year, Jalen Clark is going to be a superior player to some of those returning guys. Um, and Jalen Clark just got. I mean, he just added how many minutes because of Peyton Watson? I'd say yeah. conservatively, he added 10 more minutes to his playing time. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how much they played together this year, but it's definitely he's now at 25 uh, for yeah. next year. And if you if you lose one of Drew Zanger or Jules, then you're getting true starter, you know, 30, 31, 32 minutes. Um, yeah. So that's, I think this is the kind of thing we were talking about all last season where everyone was like, well, it's great that they're getting all these guys back. And we're like, well... Yeah, but also you need to create the the conditions by which like people are still going to be happy. Um, and I think this year, eh, you know, I, I think they did the best they could. But the reality was Peyton Watson, five-star, uh, averaged 12 minutes a game. And it's not to say that he was ready for a lot more. But in a different situation, he would have played a lot more whether he was ready or not and probably been a little bit more developed by the end of the year. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, it, it could have happened. Um, yeah. but there's, but all those kinds of situations, Jalen Clark played 18 minutes a game. If Johnny Juzang had moved on, he would have been at 24, 25 last year. Um, and is he a much different and better player by the end of the year if he's playing those kinds of minutes? So it's just, um, there's, there's nuance to this whole thing. You don't always want to be full 13 guys deep of players, because if you have 13 players, uh, who all are good enough to play minutes, a lot of them are going to leave um, and be and potentially be unhappy leaving. Now, that didn't really happen. I think there's good chemistry on the team, but you just you don't want to consistently create the conditions where you're going to have a, you know potentially unhappy people. Uh, so all that being said, um, I, I would prefer to keep Miles Johnson, um, even with the potential of uh, Bona and Etienne uh, manning that position. Because as good as Bona is going to be from an athleticism standpoint and everything and all that junk, Miles Johnson's uh, feel for defense is almost certainly better. And um, that screening ability, I think, is really underrated. And Bona's, Bona's good, but he is not that mass. Dave, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you right there. Give it to me. Hit me. Uh, Hit me. I, I think it's 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 more than likely Miles Johnson doesn't return. Don't so just, do that to me. Why are you why do you consistently do this to me? You first say the Tiger Campbell thing, and then you say this thing about Miles Johnson. I would say most likely, if I had to just guess right now, and this is stupid, and do not hold me to this. If you do, I'll cancel your subscription. Um, I think Cody Riley and Miles Johnson are the guys who move on. And I, I think, I think everyone else comes back, and that's based. Some guys based on some information. Some guys, I wait, mean, wait, let's talk. Just, let's did talk. Did you just tell me that Cody Riley and Miles Johnson are moving on, and everyone else comes back? Yeah. Let's. I don't know. I'm guessing. That's but not let's a, just. That, uh, so I'm gonna say that's not a great situation. They they need a wing to leave. Why? Because the minutes. Whose minutes are you worried about? You, I, I, Jalen Clark will still play 25 minutes. Do the math for me on how that works. You just said he would. Okay. If Jules Bernard, Johnny Juzang, and Jaime Hawkes all return, they're all starting. Amari Bailey is then coming off the bench. Jalen Clark is coming off the bench. David Singleton is coming off the bench. Who, who among all right, so who among that starting group of Tiger Campbell, Jules Bernard, Johnny Juzang, and Jaime Hawkes is playing fewer than 30 minutes per game next year? Um, 
Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Uh, and if that's the case, then how is Amari Bailey getting the 20 minutes that you he has to get? Because already there's going to be a perception about what happened to Peyton Watson this year, which I don't think matches up with reality. He really wasn't ready to play. But if you don't find 20 minutes for Amari Bailey, who looks significantly more ready to play... By far. Then well, I want to talk about issue. that, too. Put a pin in that later. I want to talk about that. Yeah. Okay. So there's that. Okay, okay, okay. But, but Stop okay. going. <laughs> I'll just say Johnny Juzang's going. Okay. And are you Solve redshirting? Are you redshirting Dylan Andrews then? Because he's not going to get. He's not. He's going to get zero minutes. I just said Johnny Juzang's going pro. Okay. He's leaving. I, I'll I'll get off the soapbox now. But they need a guy to leave at least. Okay. One. So let's think about Johnny Juzang. Let Let's think about what would be the smart move. Just, and this is a smart kid who comes from a smart family who doesn't need the money. What is it? Is it a good move for him to leave? He, didn't he? I think he just got another N, NIL deal, right? So the, 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 I think the smarter one to leave right now is actually Jules Bernard. Because Johnny Juzang still, I guess, probably has potential to crack as a second rounder in the NBA draft. Maybe after next year, if he has a really good year where he works on some of his issues. Jules Bernard's never been an NBA prospect. But let me tell you this too. There's other, that's true. And I, and I did say, let's, let's just... Think about what would be a good decision. Here's another factor. There are guys on the team that Mick Cronin, that are his guys. He loves. And Jules Bernard is one of his guys. It's, uh, Jaime Hawkes and Jules Bernard are his guys. Those are his guys. So if there's someone he, two guys he wants to return, and he, he wants to make that happen, it's going to be those two guys. I think. So that, I, that's why I've been saying I think Johnny Juzang goes, and that it might be. Johnny Juzang, if he's going to play pro, is there going to really be a difference between this year and next year? Will he will he ever really work himself into the first round? Is there a possibility? He would of need that? To, he would need to become like a who was that forty three percent? Yeah, no, who was three? that weirdo for Gonzaga? That Kispert guy who just like would just bang yeah. threes. He needs to be like that. Like he'd need to be like forty five percent from three, and just just nailing them and like super quick release, not doing any of his dancing around dribbling, just like, Oh, I'm launching, I'm launching, I'm launching and just doing it like, like minimum, like five times a game. He's making, well, he launched, but yeah, he just, he's not a sure thing. Probably needs to get stronger, like all that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, that's, there's a model. There's a model to look at Johnny Juzang and see eventually an NBA player. I don't think there is for Jules Bernard. Like his game is strength. Um, and he's a what six five six six ish um, guard. Like it's just he's 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 the design for really good college player um, who then plays in Europe and has a you know fine like six or seven year career. Um, but yeah, I mean the thing is, and this is the the problem. Um, they have to find a way to get minutes for guys like Jalen Clark and Amari Bailey, and you can't do it with a full full boat returning on the wing. Like so what can't. you're saying is, though, if they lose two more guys and they have a scholarship to give, they should not go out Eat and it. get Eat a win. Eat the scholarship. Eat the damn Eat scholarship. It. Man. So let's say you're the head coach of UCLA. Yes. And you have this bearded internet guy telling you, Eat the scholarship. And then this transfer calls you up, scored 18 points a game, shot 44% from three, calls you up, and... He checks all that. You call the coaching staff. Great kid. Nice kid. Great kid. Works hard. Your type of kid. You're going to say no. Yeah. Wow. All right. David. So Tiger Campbell's getting 30 minutes next year, right? 
You would not say no, Dave. Okay, so if you return Johnny Juzang, he's getting 30. If you return Jules Bernard, he's getting 30. And if you return Jaime Hawkes, he's getting at least 30. I mean, he's probably getting, if we're being real, he's getting 32. But let's just call it 30. And then at center, let's say it's Bona. And he's getting 25. Okay. Uh, that leaves, uh, because there are 40 minutes in a basketball game, Tracy, that there's 200 total minutes. And right there uh, in the wing positions, you would have 120 minutes. You have 30 minutes left over to split between Amari Bailey. Um, Give them all to Jalen Clark. Jalen Clark. 30. Yeah. What Are, are we going to redshirt Amari Bailey? Give them all to Jalen Clark. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so oh, Amari Bailey can play like But two. subtract. All right, let's subtract um, Juzang from the equation. And let's put, um, just because we love him, Let's put Jalen Clark in there as the starter. And let's say he only gets 25, uh, but he's the starter. Still, you're left with 35 total minutes for Amari Bailey, um, Will McClendon, uh, David Singleton. Who else am I missing? Anybody else? Well, I mean, Jules Bernard, David Singleton, Will McClendon, Bailey, Clark, Juzang, Hawkins. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's not a lot of minutes even then. So adding another transfer to that group, that would be insane. See, I get this. This all makes sense. But I'm telling you to screw off your skull and sprinkle a bunch of coach juice in it and then screw it back on and then let all the synapses go. And and then what decision would you make? Um, the decision I would make? Wow. What if you could get a wing, and you know I'm a Jalen Clark guy, big time. What if you could get a wing who is like what I said? He's that good. He's better than Jalen Clark for next season. So here's the you, thing. You I, wouldn't I, take him at the expense so, of possibly losing so, Jalen So Clark. psychoanalyzing our boy Mick. I'm playing devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. Way. Psychoanalyzing our boy Mick, because I'm going to put myself in the shoes of Mick Cronin, not just pseudo coach. Um, I think he was desperate to win a title this year. I think that's a big part of why the minutes were the way they were. He was, you know, he was coach. He was coaching as if these were his best guys and he wanted to win. And I think, you know, we disagreed about, especially at the center position. He, he was, wanted to go to battle with the guys he thought with the guys were, who had, were tough. Who, yeah, who had done it. Had his mentality. Yeah. 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 He wanted to do it. Um, he has to also coach with longevity in mind. Um, and what I mean by that is, where did Jalen Clark go to high school? Yeah. Yeah. Out there. Uh, Taking a transfer in to play over Jalen Clark would be a big mistake. Um, Because this is a guy who's bought in. He's stayed for two years where you could argue each year he probably could have played more minutes. Um, But he's stayed. He's bought in. This is his time. Um, And if Johnny Juzing and Jules Bernard come back, I mean, that's one thing. It's still a thing that you should do everything and everything possible to prevent, but it's one thing. Um, but if it's bringing in a transfer and this is where I think UCLA has to be very, very, very careful. Um, and I think they did a really good job of it last year where they brought in Johnson essentially to replace Hill. Um, but with the wing positions being the way they are and with you already having a starter level player who's coming in off the bench, not to mention Amari Bailey, who's coming in as a potential starting level, five-star yada, yada, yada. You can't bring in a transfer. 
You, you can't unless the transfer is literally a 10 minute a game guy who's going to come in and shoot threes like Jake Kyman or David Singleton. And that, okay, so. Uh, and that's we, not the way transfers work. And we've given Amari Bailey short shrift. Uh, there's a lot of talk on the forum that's just really off base. And I did this about a month ago with Amari Bailey, too. Um, it's apples and oranges, him and Peyton Watson. Um, he's he's a guard. He's a combo guard. He is going to be an NBA point guard. That's who he is. He's that. He's that. He has that kind of feel, vision, and passing ability. That's what he is. Okay. So he can play point and shooting guard at UCLA next year and do it fine. He has a very nice skill set far more advanced than Peyton Watson. He's physically ready to play. He's not a long, lanky, skinny kid. And whatever you've seen of him this season, he's he's playing at about 75% of his... Go back and look at Amari Bailey from not this last season, his senior year, his junior year, and compare the athleticism. He's playing at about an 80% of his athletic ability right now. Because he's actually a great kid that that really you know wanted to play even though he wasn't hundred percent. So this is a kid who is going. He's it's not like Peyton Watson where he's going to make a lot of mistakes. He'll make some mistakes. He's a freshman, but he's still going to be consistently better than what Peyton Watson was. Just merely by who the player he is and the position he plays and his skill set, it's just different. So people tend to take the last the last like five star and then say, oh, well, well, this five star will do that too. And that that's, that's just not how it is. But this does lead me to another, I'm jumping to another subject matter because I've been talking about this with a few different people. So Peyton Watson is the good end of the five stars. Good kid, good family. Uh, but because he's a five-star guy and he's an NBA potential player surrounded by an entourage who are telling him things that might not be accurate. Um, and he's, where is he? Dave, is he projected second round right now? And he's going pro. I mean, um, he was out of a lot of projections because they weren't expecting him to go pro. But I think right. now, yeah, he's he's second round. Second round. And this is this is the good five-star kid. This is the from a good family who has his head on straight. The vast majority of them aren't this. They're spoiled. They've been told how great they are. They're not going to work hard. They expect everything done for them. They expect to walk in and play one year and be a lottery pick, not put in the work it takes. Should, if you're talking, what I was talking about, like any coach can get an elite transfer and he has an open scholarship, almost all the time they're going to take him. It's the same with these five-star one-and-done kids. They, it's, it's just a shiny object that they, they cannot resist. And if we're talking about resisting something, you and I have talked about it. UCLA, its best years have been built on the three- to four-year guys. It's built on the Aaron Aflalos, the Darren Collisons, the Norman Powells, the... Aaron Holidays, the Luke Bamutes, it's not built on the one and done guys. Yeah, I'm, and, I'm becoming an absolute. And all in this. all, they're not worth it. Yeah. They're ultimately not worth it. 
Amari Bailey is now a second five-star potential one and done who is, I've heard a lot from people who know the situation, said he's a phenomenal kid. Phenomenal kid, works hard, maybe because he's from originally from Chicago. I, I don't know. But that they think he has a better chance of coming in and really working hard. Like we're talking when you, you know, practice is over, you stay and shoot a thousand more shots. He's that kind of kid is from what I'm telling you. But he's still the one potential one and done five-star guy. We'll see if this one pans out. But I'm getting tired of this. Yeah, I, I, I'm becoming an absolutist about it. I, I think if a guy is ranked in the top 10, 15, probably 15. Just stay away. Just stay away. Don't recruit him. Like, don't. And even if they say, oh, I'm totally interested. Even if they are the only situation where you do it, and I think this is where Bailey and Watson fall in, is if they're literally in your backyard and they literally check the boxes of those good kid type things. Because the thing is, you wouldn't say Watson quit on the season at all. Like, he was no. still trying hard, working hard, the whole thing. I'm sure he was a positive influence in practice, yada, yada, yada. And I'm sure Bailey will be the same. Uh, but unless it's literally those situations, don't recruit him. Just don't. Um, you're better off because, and that's the thing with, I think people, uh, we've talked about this before, but mistake the advantage of UCLA being, oh, it's a name that gets you in the door with the top 15. No, 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 no. That's not what it is. It's the name that guarantees you a commitment from everyone from like 25 to a hundred. Like you're, you're, you're pretty much going to get those guys. If you recruit those guys, you're going to get them. Um, but it, yeah, it gets your name in the door with the five stars. You don't want them. Don't get them. It's the it's it's the mentality of the Jaime Hawkins. Yeah, you want. I him. want to go to what UCLA. Was he seventy five in his class, something like that. I want to play there. I I want to have the call. I want to I want to stay and play. with I my want to sister. be big man on campus. I want to be I want to be a Bruin though. I yeah. appreciate being at UCLA, and I want. I mean, passing up going to the NBA to play with his sister and be there another year. I mean. That goes so far. Well, that's the thing is Mick in terms of the mercenary one year thing, even when they're really great. How many times has they have they panned out? Well, that's Kevin thing Love, is, uh, Kevin Love and Lonzo Ball, maybe. And Lonzo Ball was ultimately disappointing. The strategy for Mick is to build his program out of the reach recruits that he had at Cincinnati because he recruited Jaime. He recruited Jalen Clark, but they were reaches for him at Cincinnati. Build the program out of those guys because those are the guys who are top 100. Um, Jaime was 87th. You know, Jalen Clark was somewhere in the top 100, but he wasn't anywhere close to a five star. Those are the dudes. But I'm telling you, they can't do it. They, I've been around so many coaches, and I know how it is. It's the same thing. Like if that elite, if that elite transfer calls you up, you're going to take him. If the, if you can get a five star guy, they're going to take him, Un unless it's. Unless it's just a really bad circusy situation. Jules Bernard, fifty-fifth. Tiger Campbell, ninety-first. Yeah. Johnny Juzang. Johnny Juzang may have been the highest ranked one of the bunch. He I'll was tell you, uh, thirty-third. I gotta say this: that the point guard from Indiana, Aiden Holloway. <laughs> I mean, UCLA will try to recruit him. They probably won't have a chance because the kid will probably want to come in and he will start from his freshman year. My goodness. Jalen Clark it, was 124th. But, dude, you would freak out if you saw this kid. He's about 5'11", 6 foot. He's got Tiger Campbell hair. He's got Tiger Campbell's body, just kind of a little thick, a little bit lower, right? Um, an exact play-alike. 
Like he'll come into the lane, kind of back up onto a guy, you know, to create space, uh, do a jab step, step back, hit a shot, drive in, go high off the board. Mm-hmm. Even the way he moved his feet on, it was, he's, he's from the same high school. <laughs> it was, it was so strange to watch. Truly. I just want to throw that in because I, that, that I, was, I love it. That uh, was kind of fun. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but anyway, uh, they need to, they need to jettison some dudes. I, I'm sorry to say it, but like some guys need to leave and at least one of them has to be a wing. And like, honestly, honestly, the more I'm looking at this, I, <laughs> You kind of need to lose both Jules and Johnny. Well, if we're going to do this, at the very least, they need to lose. They need Johnny, to lose one. Uh, Johnny Juzang. Because right now, if you're trying to play Jalen Clark and Amari Bailey each 25 minutes next year, even losing just one of them, you're leaving 10 minutes for uh, David Singleton and Will McClendon. And if you combine it with Dylan Andrews, you're leaving 20 minutes for those three guys combined. And and we've talked about it. And I don't want to. I, I appreciate Johnny Juzang, but I, and I don't want to linger on it. But I think they're a better team without it in the long run. So and I think he's a guy that might be looking for other for other things in life. And I get it. So I, I think it would behoove the team if if he decided there were he was moving on to other pastures. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind necessarily having Jules Bernard back. It just creates um, it creates a little bit of a minutes crunch, but it's mostly with end of the bench wings. Because the thing is, if you're recruiting Will McClendon, you're recruiting him as your replacement for like a a, a five year guard. Um, so he's David Singleton's replacement to come in and play that role. Um, if you're recruiting, you know Dylan Andrews. Well, are, are you really expecting to play a bunch this year, Dylan? No, probably not, because you got Tiger Campbell in front of you. So those are two fine ones. David Singleton, are you playing to be a coach right now? Then it's fine. So I think you can bring one of the guys back, um, and then just get 25 each for Bailey and, and Clark. But um, if you bring both of them back, it, the crunch is too much. Okay, so we solved that. Uh, Let's talk a little bit, just touch on recruiting, because I spent the day, the weekend, in Orlando. Have you ever been to Orlando? Uh, Yes, I've had the pleasure. What was your impression of Orlando? It's a horrible place, uh, a terrible hive of scum and villainy. (laughs) It is. I've never been there. It is a strange, strange, strange place. You've You've never been to Disney World? Why would I go there when I grew up? 10 miles from Disneyland and went like there. Because you're like one of the psycho Disney people. Yeah, but I would, I, yeah, but no. And I'm so glad I never did. And I know we got East Coast Bruins and they probably love Orlando, but for a Californian, it's a funky place. I mean, all of Florida is kind of, I mean, it's a swamp. It's beautiful. It's nice and green. It's all that. But you go into Orlando, it's all spread out. Right, you got to drive past all these big swampy green areas to get to all the different parks, or you take the people mover that they have over the head, and then they've got these resorts, the um, pop culture resort or the Caribbean resort, and these are all things that Walt Disney thought would be fantastic. I, I mean, I literally was staying, and I didn't know this, at the Marriott, which was the biggest Marriott in the world. They had two thousand rooms. There was so many people there. Um, it was insane. So then I wanted to get out, go to dinner one night. I'm trying to Yelp. I found an STK. Uh, 
uh, steakhouse. I go, oh, great. Okay, let's go. I'm, <laughs> I think I'm just going to be able to drive down the street and then pull in and it's right there, right? Mm-hmm. I ended up getting off this off-ramp that took me on to this massive thing that was like downtown Disney here. It's called Disney Springs. Trying to get into a parking structure, trying to walk through thousands of tourists, I went about 50 yards, turned around, got in my car and, and left. It's, it's a strange, strange, strange place. And it's, it's not like in California you have tourists, but then you have people from California. I think there aren't any Floridians in all of that, right? It's all tourists in Orlando. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a really odd place. It's kind of an armpit. Um, the weather's horrible. Um, it was really nice last weekend. Well, that's there, the only time yeah, of year. It was 72 degrees. Literally breezy. the only time of year where it's nice. Yeah. Um, I've been to Disney World several times because I was in Atlanta. Um, yes. It's it's not good. What's that park like compared? It's smaller than Disney. Magic Kingdom. Right? The Magic Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say, it? yeah, it's smaller? It's very small. Uh, well, no, it's, it's, it's physically bigger. Um, like the actual area is bigger. Uh, okay. There's a little bit less to do there. Um, like there's some of the attractions are moved to their Hollywood studios. Right. Um, so you're you're missing out on some stuff. Like there's some cool aspects of it are they, they maintained the splash pad that used to be at Disneyland um, by Space Mountain. That's still in the Magic Kingdom at, uh-huh. uh, in Disney World. Um, and there's like a mine ride, like the Seven Dwarves mine ride. That's like okay. a roller coaster um that doesn't exist at disneyland but disneyland's better um and it's weird there's some weird stuff like space mountain there is not the same it's it's more like uh matterhorn uh it's you're 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 lined up like back to front rather than side by side um and it's somewhat jerky like the matterhorn which is a terrible ride matterhorn Hmm. sucks i don't ever want to ride that again in my life well they're you know what they're renovating it by the way okay Um, smoothing it out yeah, they are actually. Uh, so let's just talk a little bit basketball recruiting. You Dusty. wanted me to stop talking about Disneyland. No, I actually I would like to keep talking about it, but I I'm hearing people, I'm hearing their brains just turning off right now Fine. or wanting to jump off a cliff. Um, <laughs> uh, Dusty Stromer, I will say UCLA is probably going to get a commitment from him in, in, within a few weeks. If he goes elsewhere, it would be a an uh, I'd say it would be an upset at this point. Would it be um, a if, Would it be a Kevin Love makes an eleventh hour decision to go to North Carolina level of upset or less than that? No, uh, less than that. I mean, uh, you know, I don't. When you went to his, I went to his games. The UCLA coaches were, were the ones who were consistently there watching him. Yeah. Um, Gonzaga, the head coach. This is really interesting too. There was some overlap between this evaluation period and when uh, um, you're allowed to have a host official visitor. So there were a lot of head coaches who didn't go out this last weekend because they were hosting official visitors for transfers. Mark Few and I believe Andy Enfield. So interesting. Uh, I think we call him Mark Zero now. You could see where their priority is. Anyway, I'd say Dusty Stormer, good bet. The one you should maybe be excited about, too, uh, not that you shouldn't be about Dusty, you should. I really like him. Isaiah Collier is a point guard combo guard out of Georgia. In fact, how close is Marietta Wheeler to where you lived? Uh, it was about 10 minutes away. Damn. That would have really You want me to move off. back? No. Um, 
They have a real chance with him, and he's he's a potential pro. And the beauty of it, he could play right alongside Dylan Andrews. It, it would be dream backcourt, especially if Mari Bailey played one more year. Um, they have a chance with him. Mom's originally from out in this area. So fantastic there. Um, they have a real chance with Ron Holland. 6'7 to 6'8, uh, small forward, power forward. Really like him, plays his ass off. Really good sense of the game, passes the ball, rebounds, defends, has great feet, could defend just about anyone. How many stars uh, did you say, Tracy? He is a four-star on 24-7, my friend. Uh, what is he um, ranked nationally? Uh, he is ranked, um, in 24-7, he's ranked 16th. Ooh, he just, I think he barely makes my cut. He's right on the cusp. <laughs> And honestly, he, he's blowing up, and there are going to be programs Memphis that are going to um, really go in hard on him. Yes. They're going well, to go in hard with NIL. <laughs> yes. That's the good way of saying it now. Yes. It's that we used to call it the circus. Now we're going to call it the NIL circus. Yes. Yes. The circus NIL. He's going to have some tremendous offers. Cirque du NIL. Yes. <laughs> um, Cirque du Nil. Which is great. Uh, post players, uh, I saw none from the West Coast and none from the rest of the country that UCLA would have a connection with. Um, Do you guys even you know, play the post anymore? This staff is, is not like, hey, that guy's good. Wouldn't he want to come to UCLA because we're UCLA? Let's call him up. And you know, and you call the kid and the kid's, I love UCLA because the kid wants UCLA added to his list. Like, not that I'm making a reference to any other past staffs. This is one that says, wait, do you have a connection to Los Angeles? Do you have family here? Anything? No? Okay, yeah, we're not going to work for you. Um, anyway, that would be a good basis, I'd say, right there. Uh, for the 2023 class, if they could get, dang, those three guys. But there were some other guys, too, I, I really liked. I liked Cody Williams. He's a he's a wing from Arizona. Really impressed with him. I would not I would not doubt that they might offer him sometime. Uh, I didn't see him because he was at Adidas, but AJ Johnson, 6'4, 6'5, combo guard, very, very impressive. And I know UCLA's recruiting him. They'll uh, Mick Cronin spent the entire weekend in Orlando, but he will be at the Adidas tournament, not this weekend, but next weekend when they're allowed out again. So, uh, if there's a post, I'd say, and y'all need to go on YouTube or and Google this guy. And I, I included, I think, a little clip of him in that pre-evaluation period story. Dennis Evans. He's 7-1. He's a little awkward. He's getting better, though. His athleticism and his body control is improving. And... He's skilled. He can go to either hand. He rebounds. He blocks shots. He, he doesn't get up and, you know, run the court, even though he's getting better. But he can't switch. Like, he cannot guard a small forward in any way, like Adem Bona will next year. But he's a guy that I, if I could see them going after any posts on the West Coast, it, it might very well be him. If not, I think they'll go post shopping the transfer portal next offseason. All right. So that's where we are, but there's going to be so much more that's going to that's going to happen over the next 
few months. They'll get on so many more guys, I, I believe. Very exciting. Very exciting times in the world of UCLA sports. Yes. Well, I think that's it for us. I think we're, I think we're done. I think we're tapped. We're juiced. This was a good Friday morning, Dave. I enjoyed my Friday morning. I, I always it. enjoy my Friday mornings when they come on Thursday afternoon. <laughs> yeah. You just get a little ahead of yourself. You're Indeed. in this time warp, this broadcast time warp. Well, we're recording this as we were at UCLA football practice. That's the exciting part. Isn't that amazing how we can multitask? We are in many places at once. You can hear Lot 8 behind us. It's like the security guard saying... It's, it's that Michael Keaton movie. Multiplicity. Yes. Yeah. It's the, and you hear the security guard going, Put down your phone! You cannot have your phone out of here! Do not even they touch your phone! They don't, they don't do that anymore. They just... Oh, they actually, oh, no, 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 oh, no. no, no, no. Oh. They, they just fire a warning shot from the guard tower. Yeah. No, they do this. They go running at you. Hey, 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 hey! They That's tackle what they you did Wednesday. And throw you over the wall to be I used as a blocking dummy. I suggested to the security guard that they start tackling people. And he said he, he was going to think about it. Yeah. They're gonna... I said, can I, I've got my roster on my phone. If I just keep it flat on the wall, nope. You got to, can I just turn away? No, you have to walk away from the wall. Yeah. Yep. No. So, I mean, they didn't know that I had that camera in my glasses. That's right. Or the, uh, the embedded neural imager. That you could just take pictures with your eyeballs blinking. Oh, it's so much fun. It is. Um, all right. Well, for Tracy Pearson, I'm David Woods, Bruin Report Online. And we'll talk to you again next time. Hey, come on out. Come out and see us. Come up and say hi. Pull on, pull on Dave's beard. <laughs>